guys. Welcome to the very first episode of the Reframe Podcast. Today, to kick off this journey together, I want to go first in sharing a bit of my story and then also provide an introduction to the framework that we will use throughout future episodes. So my story begins as the youngest of a family of five. I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home and learned early on about the love that God had for me. Yet, like many Christian women growing up in the 21st century, my world was quickly challenged by the pressures and expectations around me. And thus began my journey of truly chasing after Jesus. The beginning chapters of my life's narrative are full of many formative experiences which shaped my views and my perspectives of myself, God, and the world. I quickly became painfully aware of the sting of rejection and the social standards of what it meant to be accepted. I battled with experiences that repeatedly confirmed my deepest fear that I was not good enough. To those who knew me best, I was the good Christian girl with the bright smile. All the while, my inner world was cluttered by the cultural's unrealistic expectations. Yet through each change and challenge, each wrong turn and internal struggle, Jesus met me there, and his truths deconstructed the distortions and empowered my soul to seek a foundation that could explain what my limited perspective could not. As I grew to know and believe the love that God had for me, My world did not change, but my heart did, and my mind did too. My soul found solid ground to grow. Years that followed these experiences were far from pain-free, but with each chapter of my story came a deeper awareness of God's grace and a stronger sense of His sovereignty. In college, I began to see how faith built on feelings was quickly fractured. Whether by way of trauma or trial, loss or longing, the soul is often confronted with the question of where is God? I watched many around me avoid the reality of their feelings for the sake of faith, or even worse, follow their feelings and forfeit their faith altogether. Over the years, this division between faith and feelings has burdened my soul, and from it I have begun to discover despite what many have been told, that the Bible does offer practical answers for both. This is where I have found my passion, in creating connections between biblical theology and practical steps found in the themes of therapy. So, now that you know a little bit more about me and the heartbeat behind this podcast, let's jump into exploring the power of our perspectives and the foundational framework for deepening our faith and understanding our feelings. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. A.W. Tozier once stated, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about us. This is the power of perspective. Each of us has a unique outlook that shapes our view of God, ourselves, and the world. Much like a camera, our outlook is made up of unique frame, focus, and filter, powerfully orienting the way we interact with the world. What is most powerful about our perspective is that it directly orients our thoughts, our feelings, attitudes, and behaviors. To better understand the complexity of perspective, I want to break it down into three parts and use the analogy of a camera. First, we have our frame. This can be described as our active knowledge, what we see, hear, and feel. Much like the frame of a camera, our perspective works within the limitations of the knowledge available to us. It's within this frame we see only what is within our perception, unaware of what's right outside its border. In addition to our frame, we also have what I like to call a filter or internal bias. This is made up of our past experiences or our personal values, which greatly influence how we see the world, ourselves, others, and God. Much like any filter we see on social media platforms today, filters significantly impact our perspective and what is seen or not seen. But in addition to both our frame and our filter, we also have what I think most importantly can be identified as our focus. You see, it's this focus that truly formulates our perspective. And it's largely influenced by the messages that we've received in the past, what I called earlier as formative experiences. These connect with our thoughts and feelings in given situations. An example of this would be what we call a message in therapy. Messages of our past, oftentimes from our family of origin. But here's the problem. Our perspectives are not always grounded in truth and often fueled by distortion, irrational beliefs, and assumptions. In turn, our perspectives throughout centuries have caused significant distress and discouragement. Let's look at a few examples from scripture because I think it's helpful for us to realize that this is nothing new. And just in chapter 3 of Genesis, we see this exact thing happen where the frame, the filter, and the focus is shifted as Adam and Eve are approached by Satan in the garden. What I think is really powerful about this particular interaction in scripture is we can take so much truth from this because we see how Satan's weapons of warfare started with doubt, distortion, and desire. And these are so relevant to us today. In verse 1 of chapter 3, we see how Satan tempts Eve by doubting what God actually said. He asks her, did God really say You should not eat of any tree in the garden. But he doesn't stop there. Satan not only challenges Eve and us today with doubts, but he also challenges us with distortion of truth. And I think this one is probably the most twisted way our perspectives get clouded because God's word is often twisted. And Satan even tries it here in verse 4 when he says, You will surely not die, for God knows that when you eat, 
of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And he takes what is true, but he shifts it just a little bit. And how often our own perspectives are so distorted by this same tactic. In addition to both distortion and doubt, Satan also uses desires to distort perspective. We see this in verse 6 of the story of Adam and Eve. It says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eye and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of it and ate. And how often do our desires for love and affection, for status and for a career self-sufficiency, whatever it may be, that distortion in our perspective is often what challenges our faith and our trust in God. So if you're anything like me, the question then becomes, what do we do with this information? We understand and acknowledge the awareness that our perspectives often are distorted and not in line with truth. So what do we do with this? And how do we realign our faith and our feelings. This is where the topic of reframing our thoughts is so vitally important to both our feelings and our faith. To reframe something is simply to view something differently. This technique is rooted in cognitive behavioral therapy and it helps us broaden our perspective, allowing us to evaluate the rationality of our thoughts and our feelings. You know, whenever I use this concept in my clinical practice, I am brought back to the biblical implications this psychological term holds. I love this because this is where therapeutic thought meets Bible study. Way before the term was ever defined in in counseling theory, scripture instructs the reframing of our minds. Due to the distortion of sin in our world, our minds are easily swayed by deception. This is why we are reminded in scripture to take our thoughts captive, to renew our minds with truth, to set our minds on things above. This is biblical reframing. So I want to lay this out in a way that we can take it with us throughout each episode. So this is what I'm going to call the biblical foundational framework. It's made up of truth's frame, truth's focus, and truth's filter. Let's start with truth's frame. In 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, the Apostle Paul talks about the frame, the available knowledge, right, that we have as believers. He says this, For we walk according to the flesh, but we are not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion, raise against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So in this particular context, 2 Corinthians is one of many New Testament books written by the Apostle Paul. This particular letter, Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, which was established in Acts 18. So let me just give you a little visual of Corinth. Think about New York City. Corinth was like the trademark or the hub for making money, much like the stock market is today. Why is this important? Well, similarly to our culture, Corinth was known for self-seeking, pleasure-seeking activities. 
this was just one of the main reasons Paul was writing this letter because they were being influenced by the distorted gospel, which was placing more value on self-sufficiency and pleasure. Paul discusses many issues in this letter, challenging the church to live apart from the world's influences around them. But in chapter 10, Paul addresses personal attacks on his ministry, defending himself from those who were speaking contrary to the gospel. Although our human frame is limited in knowledge, this truth in Paul's word to the church in Corinth describes the power we possess as believers through the Holy Spirit to take hold of the knowledge of God. Paul urges his audience to understand that divine power, God's word, the Holy Spirit, armor of God, etc., are what disarm the strongholds and distortions of this world. Paul is saying that some suspected him and others of his ministry to walking according to the flesh, having self-centered intentions or human motives. But Paul crushes this argument in verse 3. He explains that as believers, we do not wage war according to the world. The NLT version in this verse explains it this way. It says, although we are human, we do not wage war the way humans do. Practically speaking, Paul was responding to the negativity of others, not in the normal way. Through defensiveness, anger, shame, avoidance, pride, he goes on in verse 4 to explain a new way to wage and win the wars of this world. In verse 4, he says, we have weapons of divine power to destroy strongholds. The NLT also describes Paul's words saying, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reason and to destroy false arguments. In verse 5, Paul gives two applications for the use of God's divine power to reframe our perspectives. Number one, he says this, first we are invited to access God's power through his word in which we are able to destroy strongholds and opinions raised against us. Here's the thing, we need to know truth access God's power through his word to identify the lies that we come against that shift and change and challenge our perspectives. And number two, secondly, Paul encourages in this passage that we are encouraged to apply God's truth by taking every thought captive to Christ. Captive simply means to bring something under control or to conquer something. By choosing to capture our thoughts, we consciously place them in their proper place in full submission to God's truth. So this is our frame of reference. This new frame of truth that we have through God's word. In addition to that frame, truth also has a filter. Unlike our filter that's often skewed by our biases and different different values that we hold, truth's filter is found in Romans 12, 1 through 2. It says this, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good and pleasing and perfect will. Here's the unpopular truth. Our filters are flawed. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve fell prey to Satan's distortions of truth, as we still do today. 
This is why Paul encourages believers to replace their broken and self-sufficient filters formed by the world's words and no longer conform to the way of thinking. This renewing of one's mind is a healing process, an internal working of the Holy Spirit in us through sanctification, and it's ongoing. As we daily take hold of truth's frame, aka the power of God's Spirit and His Word, our filter will begin to change. We will begin to see things differently as we are transformed by God's mercy and grace. And finally, in addition to this new frame and new filter of truth, we also have a new focus. Truth's focus is found in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says this, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things of this world. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. I absolutely love this passage of scripture, and it has so much truth for us to hold on to. Truth's focus is always and forever eternity. Paul states, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above This is such an important statement Paul is making here. He is asking his readers to evaluate their position before Christ, if you have been raised with Christ. If you have not taken hold of the hope of heaven, the focus of your perspective will daily change and frequently be challenged. Yet Christ offers us a sure and steadfast anchor for our soul through salvation. Paul goes a step further in instructing us to set our minds on what is eternal rather than temporal. To set our minds on something is intentional and deliberate in nature. So no matter the frame or the filter, our focus can remain the same. Not within our own strength though. That's why Colossians 3 verse 10 says, that it is in Christ we are being renewed in the knowledge of our creator. This is how we put on the new self. And we are again pointed back to the progression and continuous nature of spiritual formation throughout our lives. So this is what I hope we can take with us as we step into identifying all the different topics in our world today. I want to bring this new understanding of our human perspective and the foundational framework of biblical truth and become more aware of our current perspectives, our automatic filters, and our focus. My prayer is that we will be able to take hold of God's divine power to challenge unhealthy thoughts, inviting the Holy Spirit to renew our minds and perspectives, and daily learn to set our focus on the hope of eternity. In episodes to come, we will be challenging our perspectives by tackling topics like our purpose, God's promises, people problems, and pain. So let's press in and reframe our perspectives with the power of God's truth. Reframed, the power of perspective is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed Carly's episode today, we would love it if you left the show a rating and review in your favorite podcast app. It really does help more people like you find the show. This podcast was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and Steven Sanders, with executive oversight by Stephen McGarvey.
To find more faith-filled, encouraging podcasts like this one, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Want to learn more about God and His will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinise Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.